Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all its resources for free. If you have been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. <laughs> Good morning, Dreamville. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus Christ, right? Turn your Bibles with me to the book of uh, Romans, chapter number 15, verses 8 through 13. Romans 15, verses 8 through 13. Uh, and as I basically tap into what Jay, Pastor Jay has been saying, is I feel the same way about him. Uh, he's an OG. He, we've been through similar things, similar walks of life, didn't know each other, but God had a perfect plan. He had a perfect plan to bring us together as brothers as siblings, as co-laborers for the gospel. And uh, today I'm excited to just be here today. Um, uh, everybody in this space is family to me. And um, I'm just just overjoyed with just the gathering in this moment and understanding uh, what brings all of us together, different walks of life, different race, different creeds is the one and only Jesus Christ. So can we celebrate Jesus Christ in this moment? So Romans uh, chapter 15, verses 8 through 13. I've been preaching through Romans the whole year. Everybody say the whole year. Whole year. And it's a good thing because it, it moved us and it, and, it, and it took us through a journey. The Roman road is what I call it. This journey of understanding who we are. Uh, Paul putting this spiritual mirror in front of us, uh, this reflection of our hearts, of uh, the sin uh, that we lived in, the state uh, of sin and um, uh, of, of doubt, guilt, shame, this, this framework, and he moves us to this place of repentance. And then he walks us through the uh, understanding what is God's wrath. Uh, then understanding what is the glory of God and how do we apply and make application to our hearts. So just as uh, um, we, we, we start to read his word, I, I, I pray and I ask that God would open our hearts and soften our hearts to his word. And it may be somebody in this space today that we're not ignorant of that may not know Jesus. So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in this moment and allow his word to transform our hearts and transform your heart. And that's what it's all about, giving God glory. But today, for a focus, I'm gonna do something a little different. For a focus, we're gonna focus on Christ is our hope. Somebody say, Christ is our hope. He's our only hope. When this week, became very difficult between the storms, life's challenges, technicalities around us, circumstances, issues. The only thing I could lean into was Christ, and that is his hope, and the hope that he gives us through his son, God, his son, Jesus Christ. So Paul is talking to the Roman church and trust me the kids behind me is not a distraction uh me and my wife have triplets so we're fine <laughs> it's 
so focus in like Jay said, right? Oh, I didn't even know that she was there. Took an L, all right. So let us pray. Let's pray before we get into the text. I'm gonna make sure that we do this uh, concise and solid so that we'll get the message that Paul is trying to convey to his church and the message that we're trying to convey to Dreamville today, that Christ is our hope. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing this moment of hope, allowing preaching and teaching scripture and worship to come together that will glorify your name. Father, please transform our hearts, transform our souls and transform our minds for your glory in Christ's name. Let the church say amen. 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 So Jeremiah 29 and 11. He points us to hope. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Christ is your hope Charles Spurgeon says it like this that without Christ there is no hope without Christ there is no hope I honestly believe that we all need the hope of the world and who is that hope that hope is Jesus Christ there was a song written by Phil Wickman, Jesus Christ, the living hope. And the words of the song went like this, how great the chasm that lay between us, how high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your love and kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished. The end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Christ has set us free. Hallelujah to the highest. This is when you rest in the hope of God, it stirs up and wells a praise from within that may have been desolate before you rested in Jesus Christ, it's this hope that now rests in Christ that wells up the praises in our God. I want you guys to understand in the text today in Romans 5, in Romans 15, verse number 8, we see that Christ's actions displayed and confirmed God's promises. Just as Jeremiah echoed that there is a hope in our future it is here in the text where paul begins to talk to the church at large and says and displays and confirms the promises of god for your life verse 8 says for i tell you esv for i tell you that christ became a servant to the circumcised to show god's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. Paul reminds 
us that Christ became a servant to Israel to display God's saving truth. He became a servant to the children of Israel to display his truthfulness. God's word is true and God's word will never lie. The scripture in Isaiah 55 and 11 says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. This is God promising his people, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's word is true. Look at somebody and say God's word is true. God promised to save his people. He promised to save you. He promised to save me. And yes, he promised to save them too, whoever them is, that you would believe that God can save. He promised to save his people. According to Romans 4 and 16, the Amplified Version, it says, Therefore, inheriting the promise depends entirely on faith. That is, confident trust in the unseen God. In order that it may be given as an act of grace, his unmerited favor and mercy, so that the promise will be legally guaranteed to all the descendants of Abraham. Not only for those Jewish believers who keep the law, but also for those Gentile believers who share the faith of Abraham, who is the spiritual father of us all. God promises to save you through his son, Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that again. God promises to save you through his son, Jesus Christ. You will not be saved by nothing else. You can't be saved through nothing else. No matter what you believe, God promises us, promises us all to be saved. Yep. Look around. We're all different. We all come from different walks of life. We've all dabbled in different things. We all walk different. We all talk different. We have some similarities, but there's some things and proclivities that you may have that I don't have or some things you may like that I may not like or some things next to the person that you're sitting next to. This person may be allergic to shrimp, but you may love shrimp. Poor analogy, but it's the same, it's the same thing. You're different. I'm married to somebody different from me. You're in relationships with someone who is different from you. You didn't grow up the same way. In the church, guys, in the church, ladies and gentlemen, you had Jewish believers and then you had the Gentiles. They was messed up. One knew the law and the other one was saved through faith by the law. They was different. They had issues. One said you pray too long. The other one said you don't pray long enough. The other one said you, you pray too short. Your, your prayers is, is not going anywhere. The other one said no, you, 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 you don't pray enough. Well, you wearing robes and no, I'm, I'm wearing sandals. Well, you got locks in your hair, but your hair is straight. 
they was mixed up. The tension of being from Seattle, Washington. I don't understand the cold to being a Floridian. I like the cold. I don't like the cold. I like pork. I don't eat pork. This was, it. This was the argument. Well, you work on you work on the Sabbath. Well, I have to work on the Sabbath. And the only thing that brought that mess together was Christ, his salvation being the focus. The only thing that brings the church today together is that Jesus Christ is at the center and the core and he is the focus. Christ According to scripture, actions moves us to glorify God for his mercy. All of us need mercy. All of us experience mercy, even though we didn't think it was mercy, but it was God's mercy. I've made some mistakes in my life and some poor choices in my life when I knew I should be behind bars. But God extended mercy. He said, you ignorant fool. I want to save your life. I want to change the course, the actions that you've taken and utilize them for my glory. Yes, I'm speaking to that person that may not have noticed that God has been merciful to you. He's been merciful. And it is designed, his mercy is designed for us to glorify God. Romans 3 and 29 says, And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, Paul acts in Romans 3 and 29, he said, Is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? And Paul responds, Yes, of Gentiles also. Gentiles didn't have the right in the Old Testament to be in the way of God and, and to be a part of his chosen generation. But once he sent Jesus into this world, it engrafted you as a Gentile outside of the promise of Israel to be a part of his kingdom. Many of us have crossed that bridge in our lives where we felt alienated. We felt alone. We felt empty. We weren't a part of anything. But guess what? <laughs> Jesus died so that you can be a part of his family. Say, so well, well, why do you keep talking about that? Because don't assume that everybody in this space is saved. He wants to save all of us, not just the ones that you think ought to be saved. The scripture says for those of us who were once alienated for God, alienated from God, we are now able to access the father through his son, Jesus Christ. Jew or Gentile, you have access. Bond or free, you have access. No matter your race, no matter your creed, no matter your background, you have access to the Father 
through his son, Jesus Christ. God is the God of all. He is the God of all. I know you're like, said, why you keep, you sound repetitive because I want you to understand how easy it is for us as a church to leave this backyard and go out there and judge somebody because they're not acting like you. Because they're not, they didn't take the 11 o'clock hour to go to worship. Can I get, can I tell you something? He's the God of all. He loves everybody. I don't care how fancy your shoes are, how, how pretty your hair is, or, or, or what, how, how, how well manicured your nails are. It does not matter. He loves all people. And he's inviting everyone to the table. God is the God of all, as it is written. Romans 15 and 9 says, Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Paul quotes the psalmist in Psalms 18 and 49, where he says, For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing to your name. I love the Psalms. And, and, and it's basically saying that because of Christ, we can comprehend God's mercy. To us and and glorify him and praise him it's only because of christ that we can comprehend his mercy at one point we didn't care about that I, okay let me let me talk to myself now i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a priest to me and friend right now at one point friend i ain't care about that i just wanted to live a life i just wanted to live my life i just wanted to do me ain't nobody else wanted to do you this man I just wanted to do me. If we be honest, if we be honest, how many of y'all really wanted to just do you? Do you, do you, do you. Do you. I wanted to do me. I didn't want to do nothing else but me. I wanted to eat when I wanted to eat. I wanted to drink when I wanted to drink. I wanted to smoke when I wanted to smoke. I wanted to do and, and live uh, lascivious. As long as nobody bothered me, we was good. But guess what? Christ invaded my heart. He knocked me off my high horse. He said, said, you're not going to jail. You're going to die. I said, oh, no, I'm not. He said, I want to save your life. And... Long story short, he saved my life. He saved my life in the backyard. He saved my life in the church, in the building. He saved my life in the backyard where people would say, that's not scriptural what happened. It, 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 it didn't happen the way you were supposed to go here and you were supposed to be at the altar and you were supposed to do this and you were supposed to, you were supposed to say this, you were supposed to say that. Only thing I said was yes. And in that moment, boom, that moment got me to this place, this backyard today. 2002. 
October 28th, five o'clock in the afternoon. I want you guys to understand God's mercy. He's been merciful to you. That's good news. That's gospel. But let me get to my notes so I won't keep y'all here too much longer. I'm smelling the food and whatnot. Because of Christ, we can comprehend God's mercy to us and glorify him and praise him. Everywhere we go, we must proclaim the good news, the gospel. Everywhere you go. You comprehend his mercy, and now all of a sudden, we are now gospel proclamators in the earth, in the store, at work, to our neighbors. Now all of a sudden, God saved you. He changed your heart. He changed your life. He spins you around. He said, no, I'm, I'm not going to give you a 360 uh, spin. I'm going to give you a 180. I'm going to flip you around. And he did it. But as I look around, I'll be like, only God can save you. Look at somebody and say, only God can do it. Only God. But it's in that moment as you, as you rejoice, as you praise, and as you extol the Lord, as you lift him high. When you realize that Christ changed your life, you now go into this proclamation of rejoicing, this exhortation of rejoicing, this exhortation of praise, this exhortation of extolling God. Romans 15 and 10 says, and again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, or you Gentiles, and let the peoples extol him. Here is a gospel exhortation in scripture telling us to rejoice as in the Philippian church said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. It's this welling of praise that happens when Christ saves and changes your life that you move into this, this, this posture of praise and worship and adoration towards the true and only God, the Elohim God, the self-existent one. It's only here in this place, in this posture that when God saves you and you understand his mercy that you will begin to praise and extol the Lord. King David wrote, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. This, the only psalm titled a psalm of praise, Psalms 145, with David, with 21 verses, he opens his praise with direct address, my God. Then as King himself with a surrendered heart, my God and King in his declaring his unending Forever and ever. Such humility and so much praise. It's that posture that is in your heart that, that allows you to declare and extol God forever and ever and ever and ever. Praise a never-ending story of your life. Your life should be filled with adoration and praise to God because he has displayed his mercy and he has saved your soul. It's something that happens within you that says no matter what, 
I'm going to praise him. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to celebrate Christ. No matter the circumstances, no matter the, the tragedy, no matter the issues that's happening in your life, I'm going to extol the Lord. There are two main emphases when praising God in scripture that we see in the Psalms. We worship God expressing a word and a deed. And then we are personally declaring him as superior. He is more. He is beyond. He is above. Christ is superior. God is superior. He is superior to every problem, every issue, every circumstance. He is above. Let that resonate in your spirit. He, he is, in the Hebrew, literally means he extols or conveys movement. It literally means the act of raising when extolling God, we are not only raising him in high status, but we are lifting his attributes as well. So when we feel faithless, we extol God and say, God is faithful. When we feel hopeless, we will say, God, give me hope. When we feel like we're, we're in lack and we're living in, in, in doubt and drought, we have to say, God, you are my provider. When I'm feeling sick and I'm feeling uh, in despair, life just feeling hurt and different things and tenacity is happening in my life, I'll say, God, you're my healer. You have to lift and extol and make his attributes superior in your life miss Kay was saying this morning how 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 it, no matter what the scenario or the circumstances are we must admit that god has been faithful oh yes you must admit that that god has been a deliverer a savior a way maker. He made ways of escapes for you. He, he, he closed doors in your life. You must admit and come to this conclusion that God has been faithful. You must declare he is. Somebody say he is. He is what? He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Tiskanu. He is that he is. All that you need God to be, he is. That's a good place to say amen. amen. Have hope in Christ. Have hope in Christ. Romans 15 and 12 says, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come even if he who arises to rule the Gentiles and him will the Gentiles hope it is important that your hope is in christ alone nothing else no one else i don't care what people offer I'm, I'm telling you it's important that you have hope in christ 
alone. I had a conversation this week and it was simple. They said, said, people don't teach hope no more. They said, why hope? I said, that's true. Like people don't have hope no more. People like believe in yourself. You'll get it done. You'll succeed. Just believe in yourself. But let me counter that. Believe in God and believe in and have the hope in God and things will succeed in your life. Have hope in Christ. Why hope? Isaiah prophesied this as Paul was sharing with the church. He said, behold, my, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smothering wick he will not quench until he brings justice to victory. In his name, the Gentiles will hope. If you desire victory, have hope in Christ. If you want justice, to be defined in the lives of not only your life, but the community that you live in, have hope in Christ. Cedric, why do you keep putting the hammer to the nail about hope? Because people have been demonstrating hopelessness. And today, as believers and Christians and those who've been saved by the blood of Jesus, I want to declare in your hearts today and leave here today with hope. So I'm calling you to this place to thrive in hope. Thrive. Somebody say thrive. Thrive. Make the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thrive. I want you to thrive in hope. God is the God of hope himself. So that means we look up to him to be our hope and our guide. We look up to him to be our hope and our God. Somebody's in here hopeless. I know y'all don't believe it. Because you came with a little bit. Somebody around here is feeling down. They fake smiling. God is speaking to your heart right in this moment in the backyard. This is the perfect place. I love places like this. This is where you know it ain't no hype. It ain't no emotions. It ain't a whole lot of come up here and raise your head and shout and dance and turn around five times, snack the neighbor five times and tell him to sit down. And now you go home and you go home hopeless. No, I want you to leave here with hope. Pastor said, why you keep reading scriptures? Because scripture is king. Nothing else. 
Nothing else. Nothing else is king. Scripture is king. <laughs> Have hope. Thrive in hope. God is the God of hope himself. So that means we look up to him to guide us in this hope. When we put our hope in God, he in turn gives his peace and joy even in our trials. He gives us this hope. This, man, it's amazing. It's amazing how if I was to go around this backyard and, and ask everybody something, what's, what's happening in your life? And you'll probably ring off some stuff. Yo, this is bad. My sister's in the hospital. I was in a car accident. I just got a report. I got some type of report from the doctor. Man, I'm struggling. I need some money. I need a job. I need, I, I'm, I'm dealing with something mentally. The anxiety in my life is just flaring out right now because I'm just feeling stressed. But guess what? You receive Jesus, he's going to give you this peace that surpasses all understanding. It's right in this moment that I can't even tell what you're going through because of the peace of God. Because he won't allow you to, to, to break down and to give up and to lose uh, all that hope that, that you've been struggling or, 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 or giving you this desire to be like, you know what? I'm done. I quit. Nobody been there before. I've been there several times. I'm ready to just give this up. I'm ready to walk away. Matter of fact, let me just go get me a job. I don't want to pass the people no more. I have a job. Let me just really focus on my job. <laughs> have hope. Thrive in hope. We must abound in hope. Our hope should be large. It should be plentiful. It should flourish. It should be inexhaustible. Your hope should be inexhaustible. I'm going to say that again for everybody over here. Your hope should be inexhaustible. It should be plentiful. You know why? Because you got Christ. And Christ is the one that answers all, that gives you all the answers, that, that, that does all in your life. Christ is the one that opens the doors, closes the doors, breaks up the things that, that need to be broke up, put together the things and mend the pieces back together. It is Christ that extends and gives you this hope and that you would dwell and, and relish in the fact that he has given you peace and victory, thrive in hope. Abound in hope. Live large. Live plentiful in hope. Allow the resurrection of his power to manifest in your life. Live in hope. First Peter 1 and 1, 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Everything that I said today is useless without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How do we have hope? What, what do we stand on? We stand on his resurrection. We stand on his salvific power of saving you. Come on, let's, let's loosen up a little bit. Be honest. Y'all know if Christ didn't save you, you would not be here this morning. And for the person who may be in here that's not saved, I want you to know he can save you right now. We ain't going to make you stand up. We ain't going to make you raise your hands and close your eyes. I want you to leave this backyard. Go to your car and let the power of the Holy Spirit turn your heart. That's how powerful God is. Everybody rest at your feet as I pray. Christ is our hope. Yep. You're like, what's the purpose? Why are we here? Because God has extended his mercy towards you. He has lavished you with his grace. You've been through trials, tribulations, and circumstances in your life, or maybe coming out of it, or going in it, or, or about to go through it, or in it. And because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're here. We're saved by his grace. We're saved by his power. It's that hope that we need in this moment. No fluff. No gimmick. That we would bow and open up our hearts. Say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving my neighbor. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. It's not perfect. God, I know it's not perfect. I, I know I haven't been perfect. But God, thank you for giving me hope right now. I know I don't do the right things all the time. I don't say the right things all the time. But Christ, you are my hope. It is your hope that keeps me going. It is your hope that allows me to continue to live when things were bleak when things were down it was only the hope that I had in your son Jesus Christ God that kept me going and kept me alive thank you for the joy that you've given me thank you for turning my frowns to smiles thank you for the peace that you uh, lavished me with the peace that surpasses all understanding and the, the peace that that gives me a, a mind a, a, a sound mind I should be local I should be crazy I should be insane but God you've given me peace 
So may the God of green hope, life, fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives filled with life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit, will brim over with hope. It is in your name, Jesus, we pray. Let the church say amen.